Yo yo, welcome back. I'm Shiko. I'm Nyam. And I'm Gadani. And this is Okay. Okay. sounded so bad. That's oh, yeah, I'm just saying, yeah. She was know. like, That's yeah, it was club. so bad. <laughs> so bad. I'm supportive of her assessment. Nyam, <laughs> <laughs> how was your week? You tell us. Uh, my week was good. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it was a good week. Nothing out of the ordinary. Um, the thumbs up is back. And inshallah. Yeah, I'm telling you, the thumbs up is telling you how my week was involuntary. Uh, yeah, it was a good week. Uh, we went for Too Early for Bird's show, um, which was interesting. It was not what I expected, uh, maybe because I was prejudging it based on previous shows. Uh, so overall, the discussions I've had after the show was a lot of confusion like people not being sure what the next thing is but i'm like i guess with history you can always research to find out what actually happened and what was going on um there were a lot of funny moments in the show um the actors were really great the music was incredible um yeah and then we also celebrated a nephew's birthday so my weekend has been full in terms of uh social life and then as per usual my sunday was just chill yeah but i'm good can't complain sounds good Gadani. um i think my week was okay i can't remember it so it can't have been dramatic so yeah i guess it was one of those normal weeks i'm waiting for december i can't wait for december because we'll close office and i just really at this point in life i just need a break <laughs> But I'm excited again, like I said, for all of, like I have three events this month I'm really excited for. Um, so there's an excited anticipation for, yay, events, but also, yay, we're about to close. I'm so excited. Also, my birthday is about to happen. I was meant to put up my Christmas tree today. I forgot. I'm so sad. Anyway, but yeah, my week was dope. I think wow. me and Christian are supposed to be doing it today. Yeah, man, it's November. It's Christmas. Exactly. Halloween has passed. I mean, it's Christmas. <laughs> as, mu- as, as much as Halloween has passed, and, and, I mean, as soon as Halloween passes, it's okay to put up Christmas decorations. Yeah, so someone was like, until I was having this argument. Yeah, someone's mm-hmm. like, until Thanksgiving. And I'm just like, I saw um a story on Twitter where someone was like, Thanksgiving is just a day in between Christmas period. So it's a holiday in Christmas. So yeah, it's Christmas time. So I'm so excited. That's what me and my students were talking about. Um, some of them were like, until Thanksgiving happens, you can't put up the Christmas tree. And I, me, I was like, as long as Halloween has happened, it's Christmas. Correct. You don't need it's to tell after. me anything else. Day after Halloween is Christmas. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited. So that's probably Christmas what I'm going to do today. Yay! So I guess I'll do that next week. I was meant to have done that today, but today was like the first day I've not had anything to do in a long time. So I sat, like, I stayed in bed till, like, two, just doing nothing, like, watching things and just being like, oh, is this what life could be? Yeah, so it was a great day. Do you have and, a, do you have an Oscar ornament? No, I don't, because, you know, we don't have people who do fancy things like you guys. Every time I see your babies, I'm like, 
those are the things that make me wish like I'm just like why can't I be in but America? But you can do those Gadoni. No, we are doing our idea copyright it. So you know, know like um, House yeah. of Leather have the ones where you can just put in an image like you slip in a photo that's if you want like a budget option but you know like the same people who would typically make like specialty mugs where you can have people's faces on them and stuff like that ideally they should be able to make ornaments unless um but you know they I, normally I don't know now. Make I guess them. it depends on how specific you want them but you see them they do like it's like a mug that's already existing they're just adding like print on it ornaments don't like necess- I don't feel like ornaments are a thing here I could yeah, check actually and look uh, it's too late to order one I think from Amazon but we'll see I'll ask uh, one of the ladies who does like you know printed merchandise I'm sure like it's, it's not that they only buy mugs I'm sure there's some things they fabricate even if you went to like a kitengela glass type or um there are all these people who make ceramic things or even like you know the wood ones where people can do like um how do you call it like the burnt art like where they draw on wood. oh i know a guy yeah, who does honestly, that actually really cool. i know a guy and who does that you right get a pin i know mm. a guy who does that there's a guy who did that for one or of the hook. events for the office and he actually made tokens with like the whole <gasps> You guys, oh my yeah. god, my tree's about to be so, so late. Actually, that's right. I'm Those so tokens excited. from your office, you can have him make something for you. Yeah. I hadn't thought mm-hmm. about it. Immediately tomorrow, I'm contacting him to put my baby's face <laughs> on an ornament. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> Christmas, yeah. Christmas, everybody sing. Woo. Christmas. <laughs> Chico, how was your week? <laughs> It was good. It was long. Um, I think I had an event on Friday night. Um, my girls were performing at a tailgate for a football game, so I had to be there for that. Um, it was a little bit disorganized, but the girls did well. They were kind of frustrated because of the turnout wasn't very good because the tailgate wasn't really advertised much. So maybe only like thirty, forty people showed up. And for a school that has over 2,400 students, and it was a big game. It was We were playing like our biggest school's rival. So we knew that many people would show up for the game because that game is always so packed out. Yeah. Um, but no one showed up for the part where like my girls were performing, which was kind of sad, but they did a good job. And it was just a good like practice thing for them to do before we actually get into like competition season. Um. Other than that, I've been in the kitchen almost all days this week because we've been on um, a lab schedule with my students. Um, those are always exhausting weeks because I'm literally in the kitchen the whole day, so on my feet, um, making sure my kids are not cutting themselves and burning themselves and um, all of that. Um, but other than the exhaustion of that, nothing happened or anything. So it was it was a good week overall. Yesterday on Saturday... Um, I don't remember doing anything. Did we even leave the house? I don't even think we left the house. Um, we did a little bit of cleaning up. And then I watched um, this documentary. I was watching Selena Gomez's documentary. I forget what it's called, but it's on Apple TV. It came out, um, I think, on Friday or sometime last week. Um, it was so deep. You guys have to watch it. I'm telling you. 
Um, it follows her from like I think twenty sixteen all the way until twenty twenty one, um, and just all the struggles she goes through getting the diagnosis of bipolar disease, some of the charity work that she does. Um, she did a trip to Kenya, and she said like that you could tell that trip literally changed her life. And she wow. really wanted to go back, but then the organization she wanted to go back with ended up having some um controversy. Um, so it was it kind of felt like fishy for her to go with them, and she was a little bit disappointed. Um, I think it it's that it's that company that all these celebrities do it with. I think it's called We. It's a Canadian company or whatever it is. Apparently, their CEOs were caught with some. I don't. I don't really know what that story was. But um, it was just refreshing to see someone being so real, a celebrity being so real about the struggles that they have. And then it also kind of like was kind of touching because of her love for Kenya and how highly she spoke about it. So wow. it was Gang. fun to watch. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I didn't know she has bipolar. I knew she had lupus. I didn't know she also has bipolar. Yeah. I know. So it was just all the health struggles she goes to with now navigating both. Damn. Wow. Okay. okay. So sounds dope. And also now let's not forget the whole drama with like Justin and all that stuff. Did they yeah, touch on it in that thing? impacted her as well? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that reminds me. I haven't started season two of Only Murders in the Building. I have I new TV have to watch. Yet. Um, I haven't even watched yeah. season one, but wow, look at that's that. such <laughs> a cool show. It's a dope it's show. It's a really great show. Sawa, nyam spin it. All right, let's spin. Gavin, you have your new song. Like a record, spin, 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 spin. Ah, uh, Gavin, you told you us. Promise you promised to sing us. a new song every week. Ah, I forgot to do research on Nini. This week's spin song. I had a Kylie Minogue song. Let me tell you the truth. I've forgotten what the thing is. I've forgotten the the chorus. That's <laughs> the truth. You only know the verse. I, I, I can't tell you she the video. I can't tell you what she's dressed in, in the video. Um, Other than <laughs> that, I can't tell you nothing. Yeah. I did my research. My research was forgotten. Mm. What have we landed on? We landed on on repeat, so you gotta tell us what song you're listening to. Clearly, not a new spin song. <laughs> Everyone knows mine. No, it's not a new I spin song. That's the My current song on repeat is "Green Light" by Olamide. Listen, I think Nyam is tired of it. If you're anywhere near me, that's the only song I'm playing. My car, I think, at this moment is about to stop working anytime it. Listen, that's the only song I want to hear in life. At but he went off on that go? album. What did you ask me for? Oh, yeah, 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 give me the green light. No bells. I need to listen to it. He's the guy who the breakout song from that album is loading. Oh, I know who he is, but then I I don't know that song. Yeah. Just go and That's why I'm saying like that song was not like one of the vibe main singles from that album, but it's definitely a top song. It's a banger. Banger. (laughs) It is. It's a banger. I've been listening to recently. Mm. Ellie Golding. Oh. Um she has this song called Let It Die. Um the beat is just so fire. It's like I don't even know. It's like not really EDM. It's more poppy, but then it has like that funky bass line. Um mm. it just it makes me happy. Um Ellie Golding. 
her voice is so unique too. I feel like it's like none other in um it's really the cool. industry. Yeah. Yeah. True. Okay, that's cool. Um my song on replay of late has been um When I Pray by now I don't know if her name is said as Doe or D O E. She's a gospel artist. But she has such a vibe, like she's jazzy. I really like her tone. Um she's been featured on a lot of other artists' albums, but um as per usual, Spotify suggested this one to me and I just had it on replay. But the other thing I've been playing a lot of is um, the Babyface album with all the ladies of R&B, Girls Night Out. Um, I don't know, I really like almost all the jams. I think it's that you can hear Kenny Edmonds in every track, but they are Not all Kenny also Edmonds. written specifically <laughs> for for the artists. Yeah, so Ella May sounds like it sounds like an Ella May song, even though Babyface is on it. You know, um, you know, I feel like it still stays true to every artist's style. Um, he doesn't overshadow them, but you can also still hear him in the background. So I just think it's a cool album, also. Are we really just going to um, ignore the fact that you called Babyface Kenny Edmonds just like that? Like he's your boy. Like you were like, <laughs> no, see, I had to call Ken him by his government. Wow. That's his producer name. Babyface is when he's singing, but because when he's when he's producing, you have told me much. <laughs> there was once I was on a flight with him. Wow. Yeah, I was. Um, Lufthansa. Um, I don't know if we were coming from the states going to Frankfurt or coming from Frankfurt coming to the states, but Whoa. yeah. Were you flying business class. or first class? No, I was. No, he he came from the lounge. He was the first one to get on the plane. Even before they finished, uh, they started boarding. You just see this guy walking with some people being checked in and everything. And I was with mom, and we were like, "Hi, yeah, that's baby face." <laughs> Let me tell you, that's goals. So cool. Listen, yeah. I want to be the person being checked in before everyone. Like the flight landed, and I am on it. You know, guys, goals. Yeah. Exactly. Um, oh, also, exactly. I've been listening to Watu on repeat, the Just a Band Watu. song. It's just so vibey. So when I need mm. to like hype myself, or you know that your shower jam, you know mm. when you're just like, oh, yeah, I'll pick radio based on it. Yeah. Nice. Hiya. Cool. Well, I don't think there's any trigger warning needed for this episode. Who are we? I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. So we we're giving people a break. This episode, <laughs> a break, a break, yeah. a break. So for sure, let's get into it. So today, what we are going to be discussing is attachment styles, because we've gone to like relationships and marriages and all of these things. So we wanted to see if there's something innately that is us that basically tells us how we are attach mm. <laughs> i can't use a word how to describe itself yes how we are attached and so um attachment styles or what it is described as is a specific pattern of behavior in and around relationships so not only like romantic relationships like how you relate to your friends work people and all of that and it was first developed by a psychologist called mary Ainsworth, I might be like half pronounced her name, but it's A-I-N-S-W-O-R-T-H. And a psychiatrist called John 
Bowlby, and it was in the 1950s. And the their theory um, determines that a person's attachment style is shaped and developed in early childhood in response to their earliest caregivers. So it's something that happens like in your first 18 months that determines basically how you relate to people for the rest of life, which is wild because wild. So you're wild. completely unconscious as it is being formed, but it's something that carries you through all your relationships, right? And so they are split into ideally two main things. So there's like secure and unsecure attachment styles. And then in unsecure, there's three of them. So ideally it's four of them, but they say they secure, unsecure, and in unsecure, there's three of them. And so secure, which is everyone's goal, basically what we are trying to be is the secure attachment style refers to the ability to form secure, loving relationships with other people um so 56 percent of adults in the world have a secure attachment type according to an attachment research by cindy has hasan is what her name is it was two social psychologists so they did some research and according to their research um it's called foundational attachment research and based on that research in the 1980s, they determined that 56%, about 56% of adults, have a secure attachment type. Um, it is considered healthy and ideal for relationships, as you can guess based on the word secure. <laughs> then the other attachment style is anxious attachment. Um, this is one of the insecure attachment styles. And it is marked by a deep fear of abandonment. Um, people tend to be very insecure about their relationships and always like worrying about their partners leaving them, the people in their life leaving them. So that's basically what um, an anxious attachment style is. According to the research, again, by Hazan and Shava, 19% of adults are the anxious attachment types, right? Then the third one is avoidant attachment. And this style um, <clears throat> is marked by fear of intimacy, right? So people with this attachment style tend to have trouble getting close to others or trusting other people in whatever form of relationship. And again, according to Hazan and Shiva, 25% of adults fall into this category. And finally, you have the fearful avoidant attachment style which is a combination of the anxious and avoidant attachment styles and people with fearful avoidant attachment both desperately crave attention and want to avoid it at all costs at the same time right so they're like love me but don't is basically <laughs> what they are <laughs> um, um it's also known as disorganized attachment um, because these individuals can seem as inconsistent and oscillate between like the two ab like avoidance and anxious attachments, right? And again, according to, yeah, so we didn't get the percentage of these ones, but yeah, those are the ones that according to those research things that I had done, um, these guys had gotten. So 
Now that I have introduced hey, basically... Thanks for explaining. Wow. Well, I'm a scientist. Congratulations. <laughs> um, so we had gotten a link. Nyam um, had sent us a link to do our tests. And I am curious to know, because we haven't discussed this before, which is actually, I'm actually quite really excited to find out what your attachment styles are. Um, so... No, wait, 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 before we get started, can we guess? No. Okay. Okay. You can guess. You don't want? Nyam doesn't want us to guess. It's okay. It's no, okay. It's, not it's not that I don't want us to guess. I, I, I don't want us to catch feelings this early in the episode. If I call you something, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Based on that, you're avoidant. Um. <laughs> no, but who wants to go first? Shiko, do you want to go first? No. Okay, Nyam, because I'm leading, I get to choose. Okay, Nyam. Okay, yeah. I guess I can start. Yeah. So... We're also going to give the people the link to this quiz so that, as per usual, we stay keeping you informed on yourself. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so And the link to the article also, if you want to read it, the one that I got all of my information on. Super. So I am what is called uh, anxious or preoccupied attachment style. That is my type of attachment. Um... You guys are smiling like you expected it. I'm seeing Shiko nodding like, hmm. I was, that was I'm going to be my listening. guess for you. Me, yeah. me too, yes. but I'm just listening. 100%. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, I guess, uh, to be honest, it does kind of affirm some of the things that uh, even therapists have said to me before. Um, so I was not surprised, but, yeah, as always with self self. Uh, examination there's like pros and cons um but yeah that's mine let me leave it at that first and hear what you guys are and then yeah who's next Chico, what's yours okay so now that we're back uh mine is the disorganized fearful avoidant attachment style Wow. I just want you guys to know I know you very well because that was going to be my guess. <laughs> that for was going you. to be a guess for her. <laughs> really and for sure, my guess for Gathan, anyway, let's wait. Let me not want to guess now. She could tell us. Tell us, she could. Tell us, you. Yeah. So, yes, I don't even know what to tell you. It's true. We'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. and I'm sure you both know mine is avoidant. Okay because Correct. I am who I am and I am on brand so I am dismissive avoidant that's my attachment style um yeah so um based on this it so wild that, that also was, all of us are different but yeah so wild but it's not shocking yeah I feel like yeah, it makes also. sense also yeah but it's so wild because for children like I guess because we were like in the same house for like me and Yam, it's like even if you're brought up in the exact same thing, your reaction to it, because it's something that happened, like typically they said in the first 18 months, um, your response to your caregiver is when that happens. So I'm just like, it's so wild that even for people who are in the exact, like with the same household and everything, you end up with two different attachment styles. And if so, I'm honest, it's I'm also curious. because... Sorry. Uh-huh. Um, when I was no, reading, cool. they were talking about how a lot of times 
um, if you have a specific attachment style, you might find that your parents may have also had a similar style of attachment. But now I'm like, that argument is nullified by how we have parents with three different attachment style children. Um, or maybe it's just at the time that they were having each of us, maybe even their attachment style was changing. Who knows? Right. I hadn't thought about them um, and their attachment style. But I'm curious, as you found out about it, did you like feel some type of way when you found out about it? Or are you like, yeah, that's me? For sure. I knew it was me, but then I think it was a little more... Um, it's different when it's on paper. You know what I mean? You can think you have a certain personality type or you can think that you react to certain situations some type of way. But as soon as like a quiz or whatever affirms it, you're almost like, damn, like, is this really like a thing? Like it almost like solidifies it for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, some of the things that were really like high on my list was like avoidance especially so they break it down into different people you have they ask you questions about like your mom they ask you questions about your father they ask you questions about your partner and then they'll give you like a general whatever yeah. score or whatever yeah. it is so my anxiety levels were very high in general i was at a six partner was four um father was four and mother was one but avoidance with mom was five with father was seven partner three and avoidance in general was five which are pretty high numbers if you think about it that's crazy um for me um with the numbers the highest i got was avoidance um for father so the score for it was anxiety was two for mother father one and partner four which i found very interesting that in a romantic relationship is where i'd be the most anxious and then for avoidance it was four for mother, five for father, and four again for partner. And I was just like, interesting that the person I'm least anxious <laughs> around is the one I have the highest avoidance for, you know. Interesting. Yeah. So mine yeah. was for mother, anxiety was like a 4.6, father, anxiety five, and for my partner, anxiety six, which was the highest score. Um, and then for avoidance, mother 4.1, uh, father 5.5, and for partner 2.5. So in general, my anxiety score is like around a 4.3 and avoidance is about a 2.67. Um, so do you, should we kind of break down what each of our attachment styles are like, Ama? Yeah, yeah sure. Ahead. So do you want to do them yourselves so that it doesn't feel like... Okay, wait, before we go into that. Because he's like, I don't want to talk that much. I don't want you to be like, this is what I am thinking, the thing says about you. Anyway, so what I found interesting about it is they said, um, when you're learning about your attachment, what is determined is how your family, um, like what you learned about emotions and vulnerability in your family, um, your culture also plays a role in it. And then... um, like your sense of comfort is around what now the questions run around. So I found that very interesting where it's very, um, when you're not conscious about your life, basically, because again, we've determined it's till 18 months, 
your feelings still matter like a lot so you know how people are normally like children don't know what's happening it's very interesting to see that children actually do know what's happening even though they can't necessarily verbalize what it is and how you react yeah, to them express. yeah because they can't express it but how you react to them in that period of time actually affects how they are as humans um when they're older so um do i start with mine breaking yeah, down ahead, my babe. avoidance look at me being fast and i'm avoidant well not on brand anyway <laughs> growth, um, growth. so this is growth for the episode only okay so according to um the thing they said that um you prefer to maintain or i prefer to maintain an emotional distance from others if someone tries to forge an intimate bond i may pull away from the relationship um based on like what we discussed last week on marriage we know that is a thing because like you remember when i was saying when we were talking about if i could go back and see like would i go back and change anything about what happened um and i was talking about how i'd actually go back because i feel like i didn't i don't allow myself to exist in relationships wholly i'm always just like it lands so whatever you know what i mean so it makes sense um i displaying feelings makes me uncomfortable um i think so but i feel like it's something i'm working on i don't know but i'm not necessarily i feel like i'm comfortable displaying feelings with a select few people so some people will be like yeah she's an emotional no 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 the rest of the world is like oh my god she's a bitch you know and i'm okay i think what was amazing for me is that i'm okay with it you know what i mean like that people would think i'm a horrible person doesn't make me feel mm, sad yeah yeah cuz i feel like that's what i'd come off to as like aloof and distant i dislike being dependent on people and like to be self sufficient and independent completely on brand um i can't stand like when i have to ask for help it it's almost like i'm having like a crisis because i have to ask for help not because the people will make me feel some type of way but i'm just like it's the last like i absolutely have nothing else to do so that's when i'll ask for help and then they say you might present as a false persona to the world i don't know that i do that i think i just don't present to some people in the world i choose i just like you curate um, yourself you not necessarily curate i just can't be bothered to show sh- some people who i am um yeah so the people who know me know me the people who don't don't like there's nothing you can tell they can't tell you anything about me basically so it's not like i even try and create a false persona i just let you believe what you want to believe so there are some people who be like this is the type of person she is and i'm like okay i won't even try and correct it i'm just like you're right if someone whatever. else is like this is yeah. who she is i'm like cool whatever but to my people then they know actually who i am and then trust and dependency are difficult concepts <laughs> emotional intimacy trust and dependency are difficult concepts for me and i prefer to create personal boundaries and rely on myself which again anyone who knows me will be like yes you know because i don't I'd, i like to be the friend you can depend on 
I don't like to be the friend that needs to depend on you. If I can avoid I it, ya. I would avoid it. So those are the main characteristics or the common signs for anyone who has like avoidant attachment. I know I put I in front of every statement, but if you have it, this is basically what you are. I feel like that's pretty on point. Accurate. Do you think that that's me? Yeah, actually. Absolutely. Do you agree with everything? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, that's true. Wow. Okay. So I guess I'm next. So like I said, I'm anxious, preoccupied attachment style. Um, Some of them are so... Anyway, let me just say. um, I may feel as though I am less than others. Um... There's a sense of low self-esteem associated with this anxious attachment style, um, which results in feelings of not being good enough. So first I was so triggered by that sense of low self-esteem and I was just like, I don't think I have low self-esteem. But yeah, um, I think sometimes, um, especially like maybe when it comes to work especially, I might feel like in a certain situation I won't speak up because I don't have the precise um, and maybe that's like a factor of imposter syndrome or maybe I'm more comfortable with it being called imposter syndrome um, because I don't really know that I feel like I'm less than others but a lot of times I'll be less likely to walk into a room with my chest I guess in especially I, I can identify it more in the professional space, not so much in day to in day to day. I don't know. Do you guys feel like I would present as less than? I'd say I so. didn't think. <laughs> Goshiko. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you have a lot of strengths and you have like a lot of potential, but I don't think you explore your strengths and talents to the potential that you possibly could Mm. based on that like imposter syndrome if you wanted to call it that yeah you know what i mean yeah yeah Yeah. i hear you gathers you were gonna say i feel like i don't feel like you have low self-esteem i feel like a lot of times it's i feel like it depends on where you are so in some places if you feel like someone in this space might have like more of a say then you won't speak up in that sense even though mm. you know they're wrong you know what i mean but if I you're see. like it's okay in this space that's the person but if you're in a space where you know you have authority i feel like you're very secure in that space so like when i watch you for example when you're doing your classes and marketing and all of these things like even your back how you stand and draw like your voice your intonation everything is very this is my space. You can't tell me anything because this is my world. In those places, I feel like you're very secure and whatever. But then you could go somewhere where it's like if we're in a group of people and they might be talking about something that you absolutely know about, you'll just be like, mm, I don't know that this is the yeah. space for me to add my voice. You'll tell us later and be like, this is what I think. But in that space, I don't think you'd then speak up. Yeah. Interesting. But I also think it's also like not a lack of um self-esteem, it's more a lack of or not wanting to have that confrontation. 100%. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you'd so rather too. avoid it than 
um, be confronted with someone having a differing opinion or like going back and forth. That's why you're very comfortable in like your spaces and you stand out in your spaces. But in group settings, you'll take a back seat. Yeah, true. That makes sense, actually. Thank you. Thank you both for that assessment. So actually, when I was doing the test and I was reading this, I was like, you can also see like a balance between personality, maybe even birth order and all these other things we had discussed before in the thing. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the other thing is I self-sacrifice and put the needs of others first. Um, they say it's usually due to a lack of sense of self or a lack of sense of your own needs. Um, I must say that this is something uh, I have noted before and I guess through um, therapy that I always put others first. So in fact, one of the things I had done early maybe sometime last year um, and what my therapist was kind of helping me through is understanding why some of the values I ascribe to, especially in my relationships with others, I'm not willing to do for myself. So I'll be more loyal oh, wow. for you. Um, but when I, I live, I say I live by loyalty, but I wouldn't be loyal to myself in certain situations. So that sense of self-sacrifice is something that I have identified before. Um, they said, um, you may sometimes feel like you are unworthy of love. And so you seek external validation and reassurance. Um, whew, that one was just like, damn. I felt so sad even. Yeah. yeah. That sounds so boy. Yeah. Do you think it's true? I don't know know that I want to own it. Um, I know that I do value reassurance, especially in partner relationships and especially when things are thick. Like if we're in conflict, I want the reassurance that we will be okay, even if we're not dealing with the domain or issue there and then. Um, So I do understand it. I don't know that I would go as far as talking about seeking validation, but maybe that's something I need to do some more self-reflection on. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I definitely know I need reassurance. And they say that that's due to an inconsistent time in your formative years. So based on that, I can understand that that makes sense. Um, And I think even one other therapist had said to me that sometimes, I remember he was like, when you come from a dysfunctional family and I felt like a pain in my stomach, you know, I never like to think of us as a dysfunctional family. Like the labels are also so intense. Um, But he was like, you may struggle with some kind of emotional attachments. Um, So I guess maybe this is one of them. Um, And then... I guess maybe the other one was you struggle with being single or alone for periods of time. Um, that one I didn't agree with. I love being alone. Yeah, I don't alone. think that's... Yeah. yeah. I, I thrive in being by myself. Um, and maybe I just... It's true I haven't been single for long, but maybe that means that in this season I will also discover it for myself. Because... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever been single for longer than like maybe a year and a half. Um, Your relationship, oh, really? girl. Yeah, imagine. Relationship B. Yeah, so. That's cool. But now I'm in a season of singlehood. I'm just uh, 
actually Tracy Ellis Russell turned 50 yesterday and I saw I had this you know when she did this interview with Kevin Hart and she had too much wine she was just yeah. like she can oh, have well. she can have a myriad of lovers <laughs> girl stop you lying ah, anyway yeah so anyway I don't I don't agree with struggling to be single or alone I think I'm okay with that um the other thing is you fear rejection or rather I fear rejection and criticism. So I may become highly upset at any form of disapproval, especially from my partner. Um, that one, if I'm just honest, it's true. I mean, I think about it more as like being a defensive, which is also true. Like I want to tete myself. I want to, how, what do you say? What's tete in English? <laughs> You want to stand up for yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not stand um, up. <laughs> so, yeah, so I struggle with criticism. Um, so now I'm also, I, but I've also realized it's not just like in partner situations. I've also had criticism in like mentor situations where I really was like, sit on it, don't talk back, don't don't be like, but also ABC, yeah. So, um, yeah, anyway. That uh, is where I'm at. Do you th- where do you think that stems from? What's that? The tataying for yourself. I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. Maybe I just felt like I didn't speak up for myself enough before when I was younger. So now I'm hyper vigilant about people not misunderstanding in quotes or yeah, like I don't, and maybe also it's that perfectionism. So I always want people's, like I, I've I've done my best to be my best. So you not seeing it or accepting it can then make me feel a type of way about my, yeah. I think maybe that's where it's from. Oh, there was they one also other thing said, that it was saying. So to answer the question where it comes from, they were saying that in anxious attachment, caregivers are inconsistent and unpredictable with affection. And the unpredictable fluctuation between caregivers being emotionally available and then distant leads children to be anxious about their future. So basically, most of the time based on this, an anxious attached child is based on like a like avoid like a caregiver who's like available not so I guess fearful avoidant then creates the anxious baby. So that might answer your question. And that is uh Status quo. That's it. Anyway. Yeah. Exactly. So we know why. <laughs> Sorry, there was one other thing. It said, I am attentive to my loved ones, sometimes almost to a fault. So sometimes people can take advantage of your kind and generous nature. Um, and I think that's true. I agree. Mm. So. Hi, yeah. So. Baby girl. Um, it's as a reminder, you. I am disorganized, fearful, avoidant attachment style. Um, that means that I toss between anxiety or anxious and avoidant behaviors. Um, so in some situations, they say that I might be really clingy towards a partner, whereas on other occasions, I might be dismissive and aloof. Um, so it pretty much just depends on how I feel about the relationship. And it says a lot of times you end up feeling disassociated within your relationships. Um Say that again. We lost you. You lost me? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'll repeat. Um, Where did you end? I said um, it's 
a mix between anxious and avoidant attachment styles. Um, so that means that in some situations, um, I act clingy towards uh, a partner. And in other situations, I'll be dismissive and aloof, which means that um, I'll more likely, like in more, more often than not, end up feeling disassociated within my relationships, mm, which damn. I feel like is a very true thing for me. Um, just being detached and being like, whatever, you know what I mean? Um, other things um, it said is that within intimate relationships, your desire to love and um, you have intense fear of rejection, which can cause you to act chaotically. Um, on the other hand, you search for affection and approval, yet um, you may be jealous and suspicious of your partner's intentions. So I'm not quite sure, like, why you're being nice to me. What What's the catch? You know what I mean? Which yeah, I honestly think is nice. very true. It's very true. I want them to be nice. But then as soon as I get the niceness, I'm like, why are you being nice to me? What, what's what's <laughs> what the motive? Exactly. What did you do wrong? Or what are you trying to get out of me? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. They say my desire for relationships and love is there but i don't necessarily feel like i'm worthy of it so i have a difficult time opening up and trust and trusting and bonding with others deep down i believe that a partner will reject and abandon me um <laughs> that one that one kind of hit home because it goes with what we were talking about uh last week or the week before when we we're talking about um relationship styles right or relationships and how our upbringing has affected our relationships and Gadani, i think it was you who said that um relationships don't last right so when we're thinking of it in that situation and we're all thinking about like yeah relationships eventually all come to an end it's funny how this test would tie that conversation in by me feeling like yeah at the end of the day i'll be rejected and abandoned so who the fuck cares you know i know yeah 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 it's like why put in the effort um, exactly um they say i have a poor sense of self-agency which can result in difficulty making decisions feeling helpless and not establishing goals in life um i wouldn't say that, that I, I have trouble making decisions or feeling yeah i I wouldn't say that's something that i struggle I feel like you're with. very good so oriented yeah i would say so too i would say so um, and the other one was like, you might experience or exhibit an unpredictable pattern of behaviors. Um, I don't know if that's true. Maybe you guys can tell me. Am I unpredictable in my behavior? <laughs> um, I feel like it's not unpredictable because we know you. But I feel like if someone didn't know you, they might see it as unpredictable. Because I feel like sometimes, like, how you'd react to something would be very, like you're saying, it's just like, yeah, cool, whatever. And then the same situation could happen and you're just like, why is this? You know what I mean? Like, there's, it's not unpredictable. For us, we would know in this situation, this is why, like, I'd be able to know the difference in why you reacted quietly versus not. But I feel like if someone didn't know you, it might seem unpredictable, maybe in that sense. But I feel like in the exact same situation, you might react differently. 
I think so. But I would have thought that's more a factor of like age. Like when I'm trying to think of you acting unpredictably, I feel like maybe when you are younger, I was like, I have no idea how you will take this news or how you it can go so many ways. Um, yeah, honestly. But I, but at the end of the day, like I think it's if you know the intention or the like where the person's at, heart is at. Whoa, hurt. Well hurt. Heart. <laughs> anyway, yeah, if I know where Yanni where you're at um in general, regardless of that uh reaction, um and then I don't think it comes out as Actually, you're right, yeah. Because I feel like with with all the work you've done, like with therapy and everything, I feel like even as you read about our of attachment styles, you can see how or where like even as we speak each of us is like i used to be this but now i'm improving because i feel like we're all on a journey of self-work so in as much as it might not be you in this moment there's a version of you that did that so i agree with nyam it's not you now but when you are younger possibly Mm. yeah i think my um reactions are becoming a little more like level certain consistent 100 <laughs> percent. yes um i think the thing that really hit home for me is the sentence that said if you may end up feeling disassociated within your relationships and i kind of feel like i've always felt like that where mm. i don't know if it's and it's interesting to think about it being like this was developed like in my first 18 months of life and yeah the first 18 months of my life were kind of i don't know like i feel like there was a lot of was there instability chaos is the word you're looking for (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then after that i guess we ended up moving so if we're looking at it from a timeline perspective, it would make sense why I would feel disassociated within relationships because Mm. I was young. I left a house with a father, with a mother, uh, but I disassociated from my dad. And then also with y'all, we disassociated for a very long time. Um, So I don't know. I feel like as much as these things are developed within the 18 months, they kind of continue based on how you grew up. Does that make sense? Makes sense. It does. Yeah. Yeah. So yours, they said the type of an environment that influences a disorganized attachment involves a caregiver who's frightening or traumatizing, leading leading the child to experience a deep sense of fear and lack of trust in others, despite wanting close connections yeah wow yeah wow. and they say such a child develops a poor understanding of boundaries and is confused about what a healthy relationship looks like because now that's i guess what you're saying for me it says the caregivers for avoidant the caregivers are not responsive and they're often dismissive and distant they're consistently emotionally disconnected from the child resulting in the child believing that their needs won't get met 
And that makes sense because when you look at the caregiver results on my end, like with mom, it's moderately insecure. And with um, father, it's very insecure. So everything kind of like checks out. I mean, like, it's very sad, like my results. But at the same time, like, it's giving me so much clarity to why things are the way they are and why I handle things the way I do. Like, just like wanting to be close to people but then not necessarily putting in that effort or knowing what i need not doing what i know needs to happen in order to build those yeah you know what i mean but then at the same time in my mind i'm like okay i know in order to build this relationship i need to do xyz but relationships end so why am i putting in the effort Mm. yeah that's it's so sad you know i'm just like it's so sad that our default setting is relationships end but i wanted to know like now in your state like in your attachment styles outside of like relationships like romantic relationships have you seen this happen like where it's like for us let's say as sisters um have you felt like your attachment style has reflected no it has what what's the word like it has shown up in other relationships even friendships for example um i guess for me in some ways maybe not all so for one um maybe self-sacrifice or putting others needs first i find that sometimes i have to talk myself down from like being there for someone like i'm like it's also okay just to be a regular friend or you know like i want to make soup if i hear you're sick or bring you flowers or you know check on you be like you're okay and i don't find that it's a struggle for me to do these things yeah but sometimes i'll do it at my own risk in the in the sense that maybe i still have so much work to do so then it means that i've spent time that i could have been following up on like some of my own work doing these things so then it means I have to stay up late or wake up like way early. Um, so I think that one cuts across regardless of um, romantic relationships. Um, there was one other thing that they were talking about in terms of um, I may o- overanalyze uh, people's actions. And I think that I also do. Um, yeah, I can really get into my head to be like, was that a flirty text or was it just like a normal text? Or was that <laughs> like, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm laughing at you. What does this really mean? <laughs> yeah. By the time I have responded, like I'm so exhausted from trying to figure out what that person meant, um, which is not like, and I think I do that even with you guys, like I'll maybe say something even like in the group chat or to one of you. And then like, there's no response for like, a couple of hours and i'm like did i maybe did i can this be interpreted as like hurtful or you know then even your lack of action is something that that i'm analyzing and i guess that's the anxiety that um yeah so i've seen it those two especially i can say um spill over into every relationship for me um, for me, I guess that intense fear of rejection causing me to act chaotically might necessarily be a thing when it comes to friendships too. Um, not like Nyam where I overanalyze texts, but I might get receive a text and then like not reply to it 
for a couple of days, a couple of weeks or whatever it is. And then I don't want to reply to it at all because I'm like, well, what's the point? You know what I mean? Um, so that's something also I've been working through in therapy because we've been talking about just reaching out to people when you think about them, regardless of what you think the reaction will be. Um, so that's something I've been practicing, just messaging people when you think about them or um, trying to be more. It's that I guess that's an unpredictable pattern. Mm. Is it? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, no, it's a lot to think about. Um, For me, I think the displays of emotion, I'm trying to get better at it, but I know it's a thing because <laughs> my therapist every time is just like, you need to learn how to sit in your feelings. You need to learn how to sit in your feelings. You need to sit in your feelings because <laughs> I don't, I don't feel my feelings. I think my feelings. So when something mm. happens... I'm not going to sit in it and be like, how does this make me feel? It's like, what happened, analyze it, think through it, react to it. But I never actually have a moment of like, okay, so how are you feeling? You're happy. What happy? You know, like how we have like the emotion wheel and like, what happy? Is it like exhilarated? Is it, you know, or it's your mm. sad. Are you actually sad or are you feeling helpless? You know, that kind of thing. I never actually give myself time to do that because i'm just like feeling is a waste of time whether it's good or bad it's just there's no point in sitting in it so i think my feelings and basically through therapy i'm trying to learn how to feel feelings and i feel like that's a lot of what like my relationships are so if it's even dependency it's that thing of you can depend on me because it makes sense, but I won't call you because I think you will. You know, I'm not feeling, it's not how will you feel when you find out I didn't call you. It's I think that at this point in time, let's say if I want money in my head, I'll be like, but Shiko has to pay for this, 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 this. She's paying a mortgage. She's doing this, this, this. this. It's like a, It's like maybe $2, you know. But I'm just mm. like, yeah, she can't do it. And then later when it's like, yeah, I didn't have this thing. And then it's like, why didn't you just ask me for the $2? And it's like, mm, well, you're right. You know, where sometimes you don't even have a... Yeah, so I find myself doing that a lot, even in our relationship where... You know, where I know if I needed you guys to pull up, you'd pull up. But even with the absolute certainty that you would show up for me I still won't ask you to show up for me until I absolutely like it's like I'm, I'm, desperate. I'm drowning we have to be the ones hearing your gasping for air and even when you hear me gasping for air you'll be like are you okay if my head is above what I'll be like I'm fine you know <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. it's like until the water has covered my mouth and you're like hello hello you're not responding. Then you turn and realize, oh, snap, she's drowning and pull me out. I actually wouldn't, like, ask for the help, you know. Um, so interesting. I'll give you reassurance that I'm okay even when I'm not. And it's one of the, again, I don't know why I do it. But, yeah. It's one of those things. Now, because the idea <laughs> behind all of this 
is to try and get yourself into being a secure attache. Surprise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there are some ways that you can do or like ways you can, things you can work on basically to get you into a secure attachment style. Um, they also tell you when you're doing this thing, don't get lost in the big ones because you know there's a lot of things where it's like you are dismissive to and it sounds very heavy but it's not necessarily a bad thing. Don't take the words as negative. It's just reflective. You know, it's just this is what it is that's happening. So don't take what it is they use as descriptions for your attachment style as like this is the end all be all. I'm a dismissive person who is, you know, it's you're not a bad mm. person. It's just someone did something to you. Okay, basically, because if you think about it, you are not conscious enough to make the choice about how you attach so don't put it on yourself how you attach right the most you can do now is fix it because there's a possibility so they say um the first thing you can do is when you're dealing with people is figure out how you're responding to them like in a situation so if something happens being more conscious about how you respond because the truth is in all of our attachment cells you can tell when you're doing I don't say the wrong thing, but the non-secure thing, you can tell, like, if I'm being dismissive, I know I'm being dismissive. So it's being more conscious about that. And if I do then, if I'm dismissive in a situation, I should be okay coming to you and being like, okay, so yesterday I was actually drowning. Thanks for checking up on me. I'm working on it. You know, that kind of thing. Mm. and it's very scary to think of but that's the space you have to get into because that's the only way to actually change how you're doing it and then when you have a problem figure out who you can go to for comfort right so basically figure out people around you who you can securely attach to um who would then help you basically like build the muscle um and where you feel like they didn't do it you can come and say this is where you i feel like you failed me you know what i mean because it helps you also learn communication at that level so that if i come to you and i'm like i felt like you're being dismissive about my feelings when i came to you and i normally ignore you and then you can be like oh sorry this is what was happening but it allows me now the next time i choose to be dependent to be able also to communicate I was vulnerable and you didn't meet me at my point of vulnerability. Mm. Right. You know what's so, so interesting? Um, with my attachment style, they said that um, sometimes the change as well can happen when you're in a relationship with a securely attached um, individual um, because it helps you give, it helps with a sense of like calmness stability um, and that facilitates the emotional closeness that can kind of help you get over um, some of those things so i think what you're saying is so valid in the sense that um, maybe in in a situation where let's say you're an avoidant you're in a relationship with an, an another avoidant person then it's never gonna work because you're never coming to one another from the point of not that it will never work. I mean, I guess the point is the self-work. You get what I mean. But um, this being able to come back and be like, oh, sorry, this is where I was at. I'm sorry. 
um, can we build from this point I recognize my wrong and yeah for some people it would be difficult but I guess this is where if, if you have a secure attachment um, it can help with the stability yeah 100 yeah. percent. makes sense makes sense yeah then they say self-love is important um, like I mentioned, a lot of what the insecure attachment styles come from or where they stem from is from neglect, being feeling neglected, feeling abu- like being in abusive situations, feeling dismissed as a child. Um, so if you start with self-tolerance and like allowing yourself, like giving yourself a chance. So if you are neglected, giving yourself time, you know, that kind of thing. Giving your, showing yourself value, showing yourself love, showing yourself care first. And I think this is important for all of them. But you know, like now also, like Nyam, you were mentioning before, where you put people first, it's actually like making a conscious decision to put yourself first. So in some situations, they say like, if you have a busy schedule, put yourself in the schedule. You know what I mean? And it sounds crazy, but it has to be sometimes something as drastic as between two to one, like between uh, two to one. Wow, what a reverse clock! Even fake time. <laughs> <laughs> you went between backwards. Two to three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, between two to three, I'm taking time for myself. It might be I'll just go and read my favorite book or listen to my favorite music, but do something for myself to show myself love. I might start buying myself flowers. Nyam is very good at that. Like I might buy myself flowers. I might take myself on a solo date, something like that. But show yourself that you deserve it and then it makes it easier for you to attach in a secure way if you feel secure in who you are or work on that and then they say it does right and then they say learn to be assertive and set boundaries because it helps you to feel more secure in your relationship so the thing is when you listen to like talking about the attachment styles, it feels like sometimes setting boundaries is a bad thing. But if you learn what you need, like now say for Shiko, if you learn what you need to feel like you're attaching to someone, like to feel like I'm secure in this. And if you can learn how to like figure that out, then it allows you to figure out how to set boundaries around anyone who doesn't allow you to feel that. Mm. Does that make sense? That makes sense. But I feel like, I hate to say this, I feel like the challenge in setting those boundaries is always with people who may have been involved with giving you those feelings. Only because I discussed that exact thing with my therapist. She drew for me a blob, right? And she's like, the blob, and where it is, it could be like just a random shape. She says... That is where your boundaries lie. And for some people, they're allowed to get further in. Whereas some people, they don't, like you don't allow them to get beyond a certain point, right? And it's the hardest thing ever, but you must set a boundary that only allows them to a certain point. And you have to be ready to, and it'll be the hardest thing she explained to me because this person is used to being able to get further because this boundary didn't exist. And so it'll be the hardest thing for you to keep your boundary set and just be like, listen, you only talk to me for an hour, you know, or you can only wear the color red. (laughs) 
<laughs> like I don't know what to think. But like you can only wear the color red. You know what I mean? Or if it's I told you I don't talk about my phone, then anytime they start talking about your phone, you just be like I told you I don't talk about it. Because in the words again of my therapist, really you'll know I went to therapy. I need to give her a raise. Anyway, she says the number of times you repeat it, even someone who's dumb, if you keep repeating the same thing, gets it at some point. So she's like, if it's a bottle on the table at the center and you want it at the center, if the person moves it to the left, you just pick it and be like, I want it at the center. Mm. And they move it. It's holding your ground. Like, I want it at the center. Yes. And she's like, at some point, even the most stubborn people are going to leave your bottle at the center of the table. It's very hard to do, but you just have to learn how to be like, okay, listen, no, put the bottle back. Because it also wears you down. Because you're like, why do you keep moving the bottle? I just wanted it. No, just pick it and move it in the middle. And it's hard, but... I was actually going to say, when you were just speaking, um, I think it's also that thing of Africans. Number one, when you're coming into this discussion of um, like the attachment styles and this idea that... Um, I think the word you used was, was it abandoned? Like the the reason we have unsecure attachment is because of the way we were raised in those formative years. And I think maybe culturally, you're not really allowed to explore the idea that your parents didn't do their best. Yeah. So yeah. sometimes even coming into this discussion, you might gaslight yourself to be like but i'm really okay and i think that could be counterintuitive to actually doing the work to become better because at the end of the day i think i had read even in one of those it was saying you can't change your past but you can change the present which affects of course the future um so it's that thing you are saying of maybe don't dwell so much on the language of it because then you can feel um Maybe I'm being too harsh or, but I was actually well-fed. You know, you can make these excuses for yourself to be like, I'm actually not like this, but I think it helps you to have better relationships overall if you actually just come at it based on what it is and do the work. Another thing about boundaries too, and it's because I've had this is, um, like it's, it's that thing of it's not okay to set boundaries, especially and especially with parents. Yeah, because it's like they're your parents. How can you decide not to, you know, allow them free reign over your life? Um, or there's this idea that by you setting a boundary, you're doing a wrong thing or you're pulling away or it becomes now problematic. Um, but yeah, I think what you're saying is true in the sense that you just have to be consistent with it. I usually tell people, you know, our parents also, they had boundaries. They just didn't know like with their own parents as in our grandparents yeah, were in did. shags you know yeah, you saw yeah, them like yeah. twice a year like easter maybe and christmas um you didn't even really speak to them maybe because of landlines or if you did it was like once maybe every quarter or every mm -hmm. six weeks that is really the definition of boundaries but you see at that time you thought it was just a factor of environment um, so sometimes I'm like, yeah. now we've been raised in this environment where you have to have this, um, like now it's seen to be rude 
not to see your parents as often or speak to them often or you know that kind of thing or setting boundaries in that way can be seen to be problematic but i think it's just mm-hmm. understanding that if if you're clear about what it is that lack of boundaries is affecting you in and then be consistent like you're saying don't get tired of setting the boundary because sometimes that's the other thing you're just like ah i guess we give up yeah um Mm -hmm. but yeah makes sense and sometimes it's also understanding that your parents doing their best was not enough it's okay also it's not a bad thing that just because they did their best based on what they had doesn't mean it was good enough for you and that's okay, right? So it's not going to your parents and being like, um, diff- or if you're a parent listening, being like, but I did my best. You did, and it's okay. But then maybe it wasn't enough for your child, and you need to allow for that space because they are a different person altogether. Yeah, and that's okay. You need to allow for that. Yeah, and that's okay. Yeah, so it's not always that they weren't doing their best. They did their best based on what they have. In the same way for us, we'll be like, how am I treating my child? will be more aware but even then i bet you our children would be in therapy you know what i mean <laughs> yeah for something sure. that hopefully not enough to start a podcast Lol, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah um then the other thing they say that would help you become securely attached is go to therapy surprise yeah. i feel like we say this every episode but go to therapy um get you a therapist that you actually like um but go to therapy a quality therapist will help you dive into your attachment style past wounds um, ways to identify and would help you establish appropriate boundaries and promote healthy relationships mm-hmm. that is what sa said and sa is in the link that will be shared but it is important for you to have someone who understands how to help you build the thing because if you don't have the tools you can't build so go to someone who understands what it is it is like to be like for me who's told sit in your feelings because fuck feelings you know (laughs) so find someone who'll do that for you very insightful very insightful yeah really great yeah hi i will in our show notes we're going to link um the quiz and all the resources that we've been referring to um it would be very interesting to for you guys to take the quizzes i know you guys have been participating in other part um episodes when we've done like quizzes and stuff and it's always interesting reading your results um gadoni where can they send in to us or where can they find us you can find us on social media on facebook instagram twitter and tiktok at OKKIASI, that's O-K-A-Y-K-I-A-S-I. You can also write to us. We would love to hear from you um, at OKKIASI. Our email address is OKKIASI at gmail.com. So write to us. Let us know your thoughts. Um, also, as you listen to us, if you're on Spotify or Apple, we would love you to rate us. Yeah. Yes. Um, leave a comment there as well because you can leave comments and interact with us there as well we would love to hear what it is you guys have to say there as well so yeah and share 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 the episodes too if you think this would be helpful to someone else yeah absolutely absolutely well as always i'm shiko i'm nyam and i'm gavani this has been okay kiasi we'll see you next week bye bye bye, bye.